are listening to the podcast of the White Church at the Elk River YMCA in Minnesota. Our mission is to seek Jesus, connect together, and share his love. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he is gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the last. Well, thanks, Michelle, for reading scripture for us. You know, Michelle serves as our admin assistant at the Y Church. And I just want to take a few seconds here to tell you, I mean, all of the online worship stuff and the pivot that we have had to do to digital ministry, I just can't imagine it without Michelle on our team. She has put in great behind-the-scenes work every week and just the ability to roll with the punches of 2020. So, Michelle, we appreciate you so much and are grateful for your ministry. Michelle and Josh and their kids actually moved to our neighborhood recently. They have a house that is surrounded by trees. And I remember, I think it may have even been on moving day, I was over there and the kids were already climbing in the trees and making themselves at home. That's just what we do when we're kids, right? We climb trees, we make tree houses, we make tire swings. And I just think what a cool creation that God had for us when he made trees. I myself have been enjoying climbing some trees lately. I know some of you have as well. It's deer season in Minnesota. And so it's just been a joy to be out there. It's one of my favorite things to do is to sit in a tree stand. And this year was extra special because I got to take along my son, Lennox, for the first time up in the tree. You know, as the season started, it was 70 degrees. So it was perfect introduction to get him up there. And I'm pretty sure the highlight for him was watching the squirrels chase each other around and drinking hot chocolate from the thermos. We had a great time together. But you know, when you're hunting, you sit up in that tree stand because it gives you such a better vantage point. I mean, when you're up in a tree, you can see so much further. It's literally a bird's eye view from up there. I'm reminded of that when I see the pileated woodpeckers and other things landing nearby. And so it is today in our story with Zacchaeus, he wanted to see something that otherwise he would have missed. He was looking for something, and yet by the end of the story, he learns that there was someone looking for him long before he ever knew. It's our last Sunday today as we open up these pages to Luke 19 in our fall message series called The Doctor is In, Discipleship in Luke. And as we started the series, the green leaves were still on the trees, and here we are coming into the finish. All the leaves are down, and the ground is snow-covered. We have studied Luke all fall, and we've been looking specifically at the passages 
that are unique to Luke's gospel. And Zacchaeus is one of them, and I think it is a grand way to finish this journey. Indeed, this is the last personal encounter that Jesus has before arriving in Jerusalem. We've tracked him traveling all the way to Jerusalem, and he's just about there. The story of Zacchaeus is, in fact, a summation of all that we have learned along the way. Now, as soon as I hear the word Zacchaeus, I am transported right back to my childhood when we used to sing this song, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. And I bet some of you know that song and you might remember all the actions. I will spare you the rest of it. But whether you know the story and have known it for years, or perhaps today you're just hearing the story of Zacchaeus for the first time, whatever the case, I pray that the Holy Spirit would give us fresh insight into this story today and that you would hear exactly what it is that God is speaking to you in his word today. As the story begins, it says that Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Jericho was a stop for travelers who were making their journey to Jerusalem, just as Jesus is. It was five miles west of the Jordan River, 10 miles northwest of the Dead Sea, and a 17-mile winding road to Jerusalem. So if you were traveling to Jerusalem, 17 miles is about what you could do in a day, and that made Jericho your last overnight stop. And let me tell you, Jericho was absolutely worth the stop, and I'm going to tell you why. It was one of the oldest cities in the world. Some people even say it is the oldest city in the world. There are ruins in Jericho dating back 10,000 years, and perhaps it was populated so long because it was just the perfect place to live. When I lived in California, and I was in Los Angeles, people would talk about San Diego as the perfect place to live. The beaches, the palm trees and vegetation, and a climate that is amazing all year round. I mean, it's not too hot in the summer, and you have really balmy winters where you still get to wear your flip-flops in January. That was Jericho. It was called the City of Palms, was its nickname. And the whole area was watered by natural springs. There were sycamore trees and cypress trees. And there was even a balsam tree plantation that Mark Antony gave to Cleopatra. You remember those names from history class? In fact, it was Herod the Great who liked Jericho so much that he turned it into his winter capital and then kept it in the family. So his son built the Garden of Archelaus which was so fragrant with so many flowers that people said when you walk through Jericho, it was like the air of the city had this air of perfume to it. It's really remarkable. So Jericho was this beautiful place to live. Importantly, it also happened to be a good place to make money. It was on the east-west trade route that connected the Arabian and Mediterranean seas. So there were travelers and commercial goods that were constantly flowing through Jericho. There were four fortresses that dotted the landscape so that the money could flow and the people were safe and the population boomed. I remember my grandpa telling me that when he as a young man first moved to Minneapolis, the tallest building in all of Minneapolis was the Fauché Tower. And now, if you see the Fauché Tower, you, you almost have to look to find it 
amidst all the skyscrapers that tower over it. That's the story of Jericho. Money, people, nightlife. It was the dream city. And there was one man who was at the top of the stack. Verse 2 says, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Now, let's work backwards. It says he was wealthy. Zacchaeus was maybe somebody like Ziggy Wolf or Carl Polad. You know, if, if they had had a professional sports team in Jericho, then Zacchaeus would have been the owner. I mean, he had money coming out of his ears, but his wealth wasn't tied to gainful employment or inheritance. No, it was tied to extortion. This becomes clear later in the story, but we also start to gather it here just by virtue of his job description, his title. Tax collectors were a hated group of people. It's almost a catchphrase in the New Testament. If you read in the Gospels, we read about tax collectors and sinners, that combination. And the reason they were so despised is that they were basically traitors. Tax collectors were Jews who were operating in cahoots with the Roman Empire. So they were collecting money for a foreign ruler from their own people. And ironically, Zacchaeus' name means the just or the pure. But he was anything but that. I wonder if you remember the story of Benedict Arnold from U.S. history class. Some say that he is the namesake of a favorite American breakfast, and that would be Eggs Benedict. Benedict Arnold was a successful commander in the Revolutionary War. He led the militia that captured Fort Ticonderoga. He played a key role in the Battle of Saratoga. But then he was passed over for a promotion or two, and he felt really slighted by that. And he started to entertain a deal with the British. And here was the deal. He would sell them the capture of West Point. Just a little known base, right? But West Point, hugely important fort at that time. And he was the commanding officer. Now, fortunately, the plot was discovered, but Benedict escaped. He joined the British and then continued to fight in the Revolutionary War, now against his own people. After the war, he spent the rest of his days in London where he died in 1801. So Eggs Benedict is this tasty, but they say treacherous breakfast. You know, it may be American, but it's made with Canadian bacon, a French sauce, and an English muffin. (laughs) So there you go. Back to Zacchaeus, though. A tax collector's job meant extracting money for the Romans, but the tax collector was allowed, per the Romans, to pad their own pocketbook in you know whatever way they wanted. So as a result, tax collectors got rich off the backs of their own people. And that is where this deep-seated hatred came from that we read about in the Gospels as it talks about them. And not only was Zacchaeus one of these traitors, these tax collectors, but it says he was the chief tax collector. So that means he was responsible for this whole Roman tax region and all the tax collectors who were serving under him. So it's no wonder that Zacchaeus was so wealthy and so despised. You know, you have to think of Jericho as a place where he had probably one of the most luxurious homes in the entire city. And it was paid for, of course, 
by his own people. Well, they would have had a few choice words to describe him around town. My kids discovered that Cool 108 is already playing Christmas music. And between the snow that's already out there and grandma's encouragement, they have now broken our time-honored rule that we don't listen to Christmas music before after Thanksgiving. So here we go this week. I'm hearing this song, Mr. Grinch, and I'm thinking of Zacchaeus, right? When it says, you're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. And I thought, that's Zacchaeus. It's a perfect description. He was filthy rich. He was a dirty, rotten scoundrel. But Zacchaeus, he had one thing going for him. And that was, he wanted to see Jesus. I think it's interesting in this story that there is this emphasis on seeing. You could look through and circle all the times that that comes up. I think it's interesting because on Jesus' way into Jericho, just at the tail end of chapter 18, he healed a blind beggar who was sitting by the side of the road. And maybe you remember the exchange. Now, Jesus says to the blind man, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man says, Lord, I want to see. Now we're in the very next story. So Jesus is now in Jericho. He's going to be passing through the city, staying the night there, but passing through. And in this very next story, we have one of the wealthiest men of Jericho who also wants to see. He wants to see Jesus, but his obstacle isn't his eyesight. It's his stature. Verse 3 says, he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Now, I kind of suspect there are two things happening here. So yes, Zacchaeus was short, and it's hard for someone who's short to get a good view of a parade that's going by. That's why we save the seats on the curb for the kids, so they can have a good view. But I think the other challenge here is that no one wanted to let Zacchaeus through. And you know the difference in these scenarios, right? If a sweet old lady is trying to cross the road, I mean, you will be more than happy to stop. You know, plenty of distance and, and wave her on across the crosswalk. You probably smile and wave as she goes by, right? So you know what that's like. But what about if someone is using the on-ramp to get around as much traffic as they can, and then they think at the very last minute that they're just going to merge in and find a spot there way ahead of all these cars that they've just passed? I mean, you know how you feel when that's going on. It's no, no, no. I'm not letting this guy in. Who does he think he is? Well, that was Zacchaeus. What business did he think he had at this festive event for the citizens of Jericho as Jesus is coming into town? Who did he think he was to crash such an occasion and try to get a front row seat? So yes, he was short, but I think that the people also stood shoulder to shoulder and no one was going to budge to let him in. That's at least how I imagine this playing out. But Zacchaeus, we have to remember, did not get to be rich by being a pushover. Not in the least. No, he was persistent. He was clever. He was shrewd at his business, and he got what he wanted. And that day, he wanted to see Jesus. Verse 4, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. There are things that kids do because it's what kids do, like running and climbing trees are on that list. 
who was not supposed to run or climb trees, that would be Jewish men of status. I just want you to imagine in our context, if the head of your company was out in front of the corporate office, climbing trees and running around. I mean, it just isn't suited for the role, is it? And so it was back then, running and climbing trees were just not something you did if you were important. But here we see indication of how badly Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. It just does not matter to him. And he bolts on ahead of the crowd and he beelines it for this sycamore fig tree with a brilliant idea. I want you to be able to picture this. So I'm going to describe the tree. These sycamore fig trees were a favorite along roadsides and trade routes because they offered perfect shade. At maturity, they grew to 30 to 40 feet, but they had these low lateral branches. And so they offered plenty of shade from the hot sun as you were traveling. The short trunk and these spreading branches meant that for Zacchaeus, it was no trouble at all to start climbing and get situated in just the right spot where he could see Jesus. And we should say here at this juncture, yes, Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. He certainly did. But what happens next will have us asking this question. Who in this story is seeking whom? We'll keep reading in verse 5. Verse 5 begins with this. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up. Let's just pause there. The, the verse continues. But isn't that something? I mean, here's Zacchaeus. had just wanted to catch a glimpse. That's all he wanted was to spy down from his hiding place in the tree. But it's as if on cue, Jesus stopped right at the spot and looked straight up at Zacchaeus. And I bet Zacchaeus's heart just skipped a beat when this happened. I mean, he'd been spotted. He had been spotted by the very celebrity that he'd come to see. He had come looking for Jesus, and now it looked as though Jesus had been looking for him. And as their eyes connected, I just imagine Jesus smiling at this grown man up in a tree. And the next thing that happened must have just shook Zacchaeus almost to the point that he lost his grip on the branch he was holding on to. Jesus said, Zacchaeus, hollers up the tree to him, Zacchaeus. And don't miss here that he is saying his name. And that, I think, is what would have just so startled and shook Zacchaeus. You know, where did he know his name from? Well, Isaiah 43 says, I have called you by name. You are mine. And there is something about that passage that just rings true when we hear Jesus call Zacchaeus. He says to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. And you know, for all the attention we give to Zacchaeus for climbing a tree, there is really at the center of this story, a great big God that is so much bigger than anything that Zacchaeus could have done to get the spotlight. At the center of this story, you know, it's not Zacchaeus wanting to see Jesus. There's just this really big invitation that is the centerpiece. Zacchaeus had just hoped 
that he might see Jesus. But here, Jesus calls him by name and says to him that he's going to come over. He says to him, I must stay at your house today. Like Zacchaeus, I, I have to come over. It's a necessity that I stay with you. It's quite the invitation, isn't it? I mean, it'd be one thing if I said to you, oh, you really must come over to my house. Come on over. Come on over for supper. And so, yes, in a non-COVID pandemic time, right? But that would be one thing. But imagine this invitation. What if I said to you, you know, I really must come over to your house. I mean, that would be assuming a little much, wouldn't it? But that's exactly what Jesus has done here. He says, Zacchaeus, I must stay at your house today. And Zacchaeus, for his part, he couldn't be happier. Look at his response in verse 6. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. I think there's two things here about Zacchaeus' response that are important. First, he responds with immediate obedience. Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come down. And Zacchaeus came down immediately. And the second thing I see here is that he responds with joy. Joy is a significant theme in Luke's gospel. And you see it show up when there's kind of two things occurring, divine intervention and salvation. Remember what the angels said to the shepherds. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to you and all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, salvation, who is Christ the Lord. Divine intervention. The angel shows up, and it's a message of salvation. God showing up, and he has come to save us. Now translate that to this story. Zacchaeus, God has showed up. And he wants to come over. And Zacchaeus responds with immediate obedience and joy. Well, how about the people standing around, though, watching this whole scene play out? You know, their response looks a little bit different. In verse 7, we read about it. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. You know, muttering in general is never a good response. Muttering, grumbling, complaining. These are the things that people do in the Bible. Grumbling is a key word in the Bible. When they lose sight of God. When they're seeing only with their physical eyes and not seeing with eyes of faith. And all they could see that day was that Jesus was going to stay with one of the most disdainful characters in all of Jericho, their beautiful city. And it aggravated them. It was inexplicable that he would do this. But for Zacchaeus, it was everything. Verse 8, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, and this may be sometime later now at his house as he's hosting Jesus. Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Now, let's do a little math here quick. In the Bible, it was considered extremely generous if you gave one-fifth of your possessions to the poor. So 20%. More than that, and people would have actually considered you to be foolish. But Zacchaeus gives 50%. He is half of all of his possessions. Furthermore, if he's cheated anyone, and by the way, he definitely has, 
Then he says he will pay back four times the amount that he stole. Four times. In the Old Testament, the highest penalty for extortion under the Mosaic law was 20% over the original sum. And Zacchaeus just voluntarily blows that number out of the water. And here's why. Because as one commentator put it, Zacchaeus, the tax collector, discovered how God cancels spiritual debt. What makes this story so powerful is that it's the gospel in story form. That's what this story is in Luke 19. The gospel portrayed in a story. It's the story of a God who cancels debt, who invites himself in, who calls us by name. And that's what Jesus summarizes for us in the closing two verses of the passage. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's the mission that Jesus is on. That's why he's going to Jerusalem, because he came on Christmas to seek and to save the lost. And now that moment is here to pay the spiritual debt that you and I have on the cross so that we could come out of our hiding places and into relationship with Jesus, that we could come home to him. There's an old Bible scholar named William Arndt who said, Jesus' love wins remarkable victories. I love that line. Jesus' love wins remarkable victories. And it still does today. The same power of the cross and the same pathway called grace, that is Jesus' invitation. He says, Zacchaeus, come down, for I'm going to your house today. Can I ask you to think about three things this week? First, what is my Jericho? What are the people, places, or things where I am tempted to find my security? Secondly, how am I Zacchaeus? How have I fallen short? And do I deeply desire to see Jesus? And number three, thirdly, what is my response to Jesus? Do I hear him calling my name? And what is he asking me to do? There's a great big invitation that changes everything in your life. And all you have to do is RSVP. Jesus seeks and saves. The question for you and I is, are you ready to respond and to rejoice? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you that long before we went looking for you, you came looking for us. And Lord, not just looking, but living, suffering, and dying for us to lift the burden of our sin. We look to you today, our precious Savior, and we hear you calling our name. Oh Lord, give us the courage, the strength, and the resolve to respond and to follow. For we love you, and we pray in your name.
Thanks for listening to the Y Church Podcast. For more information about the Y Church, check us out online at thewychurch.org.